What is up, everybody? This is Recruiting is No Joke, episode 52. I'm your host, Joel Algy. Happy to be with you guys today. Super excited for today's show. We've got a great guest. We are making a return to in-house recruiting leaders, so super excited for the conversation today. Uh, as always, I want to thank MetaView for sponsoring the show. Guys, if you are still using your fingers to type notes during interviews, you need to advance your ways. You've got to get MetaView. Try MetaView. Um, they got a free trial, which I'll put the link in the comments. Uh, but give them a try and uh, and try them for seven or 10 days and see if you're more engaged and create a better candidate experience. See if your notes from calls are better. Um, but I can't recommend MetaView enough. So thank you, MetaView, for making this show possible. Uh, and then, guys, I always love to just know who's out there. So if you can, say hi. Let me know what company you're with, what you do. If you're an in-house recruiter, agency recruiter, uh, maybe you're not even a recruiter at all. Maybe you're just looking for a job. Feel free to say what job you're looking for. As a reminder, this podcast is all about recruitment, so we're going to keep it recruitment focused. Uh, but happy to, uh, you know, flash on the screen what type of job you're looking for as well, and see if you can make any connections. So that is it from me. Without further ado. Megan, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you here. Why don't you give us a quick intro? Who is Megan? What do you do? And who do you do it for? Sure. Um, so hi, I'm Megan Imordino. Currently work at IPG Media Brands um, as a senior director of talent acquisition, leading the talent acquisition function for one of our agencies within media brands called Media Hub. Um, and yeah, really excited to be here. You know, mom of two. Um, so Molly. How old are you? How old are your kids? Now we're talking about kids. I gotta know how old you <laughs> I have a two-year-old and an almost five-year-old. She'll be five in January. We have like the same age kids. I got a five-year-old, I've got a four-year-old that's gonna be five in March, and I've got a, a two-year-old. So uh, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that is, I'm, I'm, I always love that. Well, tell us, uh, you know, in terms of like your team, what does the team structure look like um, at, at your company? Tell us a little bit about the team. Yeah, so um, we have um, our global talent acquisition leader. Um, and then um, under her, we have uh, Ralph, who is our U.S. talent acquisition leader. Um, and then under him are all the leads that kind of, um, head up recruiting for the agencies that that make up media brands. So, you know, we have our front door agencies and then we have our back door agencies. Um, our front doors are really the agencies that kind of like pitch clients and things like that. Um, and then the back door agencies are really doing um, the supportive work. So within like search, social, SEO, data and technology um, and within all those areas. Yeah, I love it. What about, uh, you know, I always like to ask like how you got started in recruitment. So why don't you give us a, an idea how you got into recruitment, like yeah. what that journey has looked like? Sure, yeah. So I actually went to school for my education degree and psychology. Um, so graduated um, and right when I graduated was kind of when the teaching market crashed. So um, I did like a maternity leave rotation for to cover for somebody. Um, and so I did that for teaching and then got married. And at that point I was living in New York. I got married, moved to New Jersey at that point. And like I said, that's kind of when the teaching market 
fell apart and all these teachers were getting laid off. Um, I searched everywhere. I applied for 500 jobs. That's not even an exaggeration. Um, couldn't even that. get like a substitute teaching job because all the teachers who were now looking for a job had signed up to fill all the substitute teaching positions in the area. And so there was like nothing. So, you know, I was adjusting to a new state, getting married, all of those things. But within three months, I was like going crazy. I was like, I have to do something. Um, I've worked since I was like 14, nannying, you know, all of those things, put myself through college by nannying, like, all, you know, so I was not used to being home not doing anything essentially. So during college, um, I also was an administrative assistant. So I was like, you know what? I, I like that. Let's give it a try. So I went to Robert Half for them to place me out um, and ended up getting hired internally. So they hired me as their receptionist. Um, within two months, I got promoted to supporting um, the permanent placement team. So people who essentially place people out for full-time finance and accounting roles. Um, I supported them for a year and a half and was a branch administrator. Um, so managing all the other admins within the branch. And then at that point is kind of when I reached my crossroads of like, I'm either going to do the admin thing and I'm going to stay in the admin realm or I'm going to go the recruiting route. Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick break to mention my sponsor, MetaView. MetaView is the AI assistant for interviewing. It completely removes the need for recruiters to take notes during interviews because their AI is designed to take world-class interview notes for you. The result? You're safe from the drudgery of note-taking and can instead spend time on what actually matters, being present, curious, and engaging with candidates, then making high-quality decisions based on insight, not memory. Also means your organization has 10 times better data about every candidate you speak to because you're no longer relying on people to remember everything that was discussed and submit accurate notes. Unlike humans, MetaView never gets tired. It doesn't forget anything and it structures the notes perfectly. Recruiters at companies like Brex, Robinhood, and Cura describe MetaView as a game changer for their efficiency and ability to have high quality interactions with candidates. MetaView lets them focus on the conversation rather than on taking notes. See the magic for yourself for free on your first five interviews. Head over to www.metaview.ai backslash no joke to get started. Um, and after like really being with my, the team I was supporting. So out of the team I was supporting, you know, it was a team of like five um, permanent placement recruiters out of the five, three of them were like in the top 20 in the world for the company. And oh, wow. the rapidity of like, just seeing what they were doing, seeing how like engaging they had to be and um, seeing what they were doing. I was like, this is what I want to do hands down. So um, a sourcing role opened up on their team. So I raised my hand for it. And thankfully, you know, my boss was super supportive of it and um, moved into the sourcing role. And then three months later, moved in kind of that um, permanent placement role. And so now that was agency. So it's a little different because it's sales, um, you know, on top of. So you're doing, you know, business development on top of placing candidates out. So I stayed in that role for two years, um, but really realized like my forte, the thing that I loved, what 
really drove me to come to work every day and be passionate was those candidate relationships. And that's really all I wanted to focus on. And that just wasn't an option with the agency I was with. So um, at that point, I found a job at Vonage um, placing salespeople, which I thought was a really nice transition because of being in the sales world, just kind of knowing what ticks and like what works um, and moving into that role. And so it worked out really well. And and that, and that um, was an in-house role, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Vonage was in-house hiring all their salespeople internally. At that point, the company was going kind of through like transformation. I mean, they still are, but they were going through transformation from kind of being like that home phone company to being like a UCAS company. Yeah, I remember and, their, uh, their commercials all the yes. time. Like, <laughs> for some reason, that just sticks out. I can't remember. So that. every time I would get on the phone, people are like, Vonage, they still exist? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> they sure do. It's like, it's like um, AOL or something, you know? You're yes, just like, yeah. AOL. And so it was good because I think that role really helped me to develop how to pitch a business internally, right? Like, how do you tell a story? How do you become a good storyteller? Because you have to be in order to attract people to work for your company. Mm. Um, and so I feel like that role really fine-tuned that skill for me. Like, it was constantly kind of developing an iteration of every like pitch. So it was like, I'd start with one pitch and then kind of realize, oh, I don't really like the way that sounds or it's not really attracting what I want. So I'll change this and kind of see how successful it is. Um, and so it was really high volume role, like filling, I had like 60 roles to 80 roles at a time. Um, it was all across the United States, all of their locations. Um, and so, you know, the agency side of things really helped with kind of that, put your head down, do the work site sort of thing, that fast pace. A little bit more sense of urgency, I'm sure. Exactly. And so, um, then I left there, I went to PVH and, um, they're a fashion company. So completely different again. Um, and I went there and essentially started their executive, um, recruiting division and global sourcing function. Um, so I saw that as kind of like an opportunity to develop a skill set that I had, but wasn't like working on fully and kind of would round out my experience a little bit more. Um, and so went there, I was there, um, a year and a half and then, they went through budget cuts. Unfortunately, my role got cut, um, but it was like the perfect timing because I wouldn't have found this role um, at Media Brands. And so when I started at Media Brands, I was actually a supporting recruiter on the executive recruiting team. And then literally my first week in office, everything shut down because that was the week COVID hit New York City and everything shut down and they were like, you're working remotely now. So um was an interesting experience to start like a whole new role, essentially like 100%, you know, remote and getting to learn business and getting to learn all of these mm. things. Um, and then, you know, with COVID kind of changed the executive recruiting market a little bit. And so they were like, hey, do you mind like moving over to one of our agencies reprise and kind of working as a recruiter on that team? I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, hey, I have a job like that's a good thing. So in this market, I will definitely take that. Like, yeah, I, I you know, wanted um, my, my coworkers were just like so amazing from day one that I was like, I really don't want 
you know, to, to go anywhere else. So um, I was at Reprise and I worked on that team for a year and then got promoted to leading Reprise. So I led Reprise for the last two years. And then earlier this year, Media Hub actually was not part of Media Brands. So they joined Media Brands earlier this year um, and they needed a lead. So I moved over to leading Media Hub. Wow, I love it. So you've, yeah, you've definitely recruited a lot of different types of positions and uh, different industries as well, which which I love. I'm, I'm curious, like thinking back to the agency days and you mentioned, you know, you worked with some of the top billers. So mm -hmm. I'm curious, what do you, what do you think, uh, you know, having seen how those top billers operated, what, what do you think like the key to them getting to that level was like, was there, was there like kind of a common theme in the way that they worked or they did things differently? What, what do you yeah, think? Why do you think they were so successful? They were just really good at identifying top talent really quickly and mm -hmm. knowing how to put those candidates out there very quickly. So there was never like a lull in what they did, right? Like it was never like I, I talked to a candidate and then I kind of like wait a day or two to send them out. It was like, I talked to a candidate and 10 minutes later, I have them pitched to three or four open jobs that we have on our list. And so like, mm -hmm. it was constant turnaround and being able to identify top talent, know their clients well enough to know that this is the type of candidate that's going to succeed at this client. And then being able to kind of make that match. And it was like, it was just constant. They were so good at it and it was constant. And, um, yeah, it was just, you know, contagious kind of being in that in that environment and being like, oh, yeah, like, I know what I want to do now. I want to be just like them. Yeah, I love that. I, I think, look, the, that relationship piece with the clients is huge. Being able to identify and like quickly ask the right questions, determine if, if someone's going to be a good fit and you kind of get that. I, I just I just know that feeling when you just know that you're talking to somebody that, you know, it's going to be a great. Um, yeah a great candidate for one of your clients. I know that feeling and it, it's like a, it's almost like a sixth sense that happens. Um, what about in terms of like your own journey where you're like, Hey, I really prefer, um, or I'm really passionate about like the candidate side. Mm -hmm. Like did that happen pretty early on or was that kind of like a, almost like a, a mini journey to get to that point? I think it was a bit of a journey. I think in the beginning it was like, Oh, um, you know, you kind of, you're trying to like really prove your skill set. So you're like full force, not working crazy hours, you're going to do anything to succeed. Um, and you're really buckling down. And so like, I think when I was kind of immersed in the work, it was doing the work to succeed versus like, you know, um, after that, it was kind of like, you kind of discover as you kind of go ahead or when you have a breather, or when you take a break and you're like, oh, I don't really like that part as much as I like the candidate side. And like, I just remember like the rush I would always get in like, I just spoke to an amazing candidate. I know I'm going to find them a job and like just that rush. And I didn't get that same rush from like getting a job from a client, you know, which mm. was just as important in that role but it was just not what I was passionate about at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I love that. And then you, you also mentioned too, like your background with, was uh, like psychology. Mm -hmm. How, how much, how much do you think that you even use like those skills? Like when you're dealing with candidates right now, like how has that impacted your ability to, 
to be able to have those conversations. And I mean, you mentioned like just being able to like pitch mm-hmm. kind of different jobs and iterate um, yeah. like your messaging. Uh, so is that something that just like comes natural to you or is that something you think like you got from you know, even your time you're studying psychology? I would say a bit of both, but I think that background in psychology really um, helped because some mm-hmm. of my favorite courses when I was in psychology was um, workplace psychology. So essentially, mm. like, how do you motivate people to be more invested, to do the best um, job possible? Like, how do you do all of that? And a lot of that was really about, um, was really about, like, what little, it's not even big changes. Like, what little changes can you make to attract certain people so that they are more invested, so they feel more engaged, so they feel like, you know, they're constantly um, valued and appreciated. Um, and I think having that background, I feel like I've really used a lot of what I've learned all throughout the years. And I do think that like having that background of constantly thinking, um, like, okay, thinking from a psychological perspective, okay, how do I get this candidate to be interested? What are the driving factors, right? Because it is it is part psychology when you're pitching somebody a job, right? Because you need to find out like, what is it that motivates you? Is it, you have to. is it, is it, you know, what, what are the factors that are going to drive you? Is it that you're in a different season of life? So you need more work flexibility. Is it that um, you need, you know, it, again, so many different changes and it's really about getting to know the person. If you, you're not just selling a job, you really have to know the person in order to be able to sell them a job. And if you're not pressing into a candidate and really getting to know them as a person, you're not gonna make a match that lasts long at the end of the day. You might make a temporary match, you might just fill a job, but I was never that recruiter, right? That just like wanted to fill a job. I wanted to know like that person was gonna be happy, that my client, you know, whether it's internal or external was gonna be happy. And the only way you can do that is by really getting to know both parties and really getting to know what makes each of them tick. Look, and this is um, like we just, I had a show on Monday uh, with um, an agency owner that's been incredibly successful. And it's one of the things we're talking about is understanding that motivation. But also when we look at, you know, tools that are helping with sourcing or a lot Mm -hmm. of the AI that's out right now, um, this is where as recruiters, we really can get back to the humanity of what we do yeah. because I think like matching up a resume and or yeah. a LinkedIn profile to a job description, it doesn't mean that there's a good match and it could mean that they technically yeah. doesn't match or whatever, but there is this like innate human side to where you're, you know, re- being able to read people too, because sometimes people, one thing I've noticed is like people will tell you, Sometimes what you want to hear, right? Yes. Especially in those interview situations. Yeah. Like how good are you at asking follow-up questions to figure out like, okay, what is the real motivation? What are they missing right now in their current role? What are they going to find in this new role? Yeah. Or what are they, what's not aligned in the company they're in? And so I think being able to lean into that, particularly if you're new in the recruitment industry, yep. those are the skills, like the human skills are the ones that you really want to ramp up at. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's what's going to keep us around. So. <laughs> I obviously 2023 I've described it in the past as a bloodbath <laughs> for recruiters. Uh, it's brutal. I think it's just a bad market for everybody. Right. Yep. I, I don't talk to many people who are like 
2023, <laughs> you know, unless they're just some weird coach. No, that, definitely like, not. <laughs> like a, a, there's a couple of mindset coaches out there who are probably like, yeah, 2023 was amazing. All right. <laughs> Apart from those people, the rest of us, um, curious to just know like what, what you've been seeing in the market and uh, even just curious in your thoughts of like, you know, what, what do you think we're going to see in like the near term mm-hmm. when it, when it comes to that, the hiring market as well, like kind of ending 2023 going into 2024. What are, you, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, it was, this year was probably like, COVID was a different roller coaster ride in the sense of like, it was very like, stop and start, stop and start. Yeah. And like, it was we just like that. Marketing. Yeah. yeah. And so like, it stopped for a little bit. And then it like shot up and we never stopped, right? Like, it was like, go, 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 go. Um, because everybody had to turn to digital marketing, right? Um, and so... I'm a huge fan of digital marketing. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> um, I think this year has been different because it's like <clears throat> almost like on a weekly basis, you keep seeing different things and hearing different things. And it's like, well, unfortunately for recruiting, that's not the case. Recruiting just took a huge hit this year. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of like, just like the business side of things and also like just kind of seeing what's out there. It's like, you could see all these recruiters get laid off and then all of a sudden, like the next week, you're like seeing all these new jobs pop up. And then the next week, a whole bunch of new recruiters get laid off and they're like, and so like, it's been very like up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Um, And I just feel like it's been a really rocky year across the board for a lot of people. I think it's been a year of change. I think it's been a year of like, just, I think when things are so up and down, it's really hard to like adjust in the moment because you don't know what you're adjusting to, right? Like you Mm -hmm. might adjust to the down and then by the time you adjust to the down, it's back up again. And then by the time you adjust to the high, it's back down. And so like, it kind of can throw you um, for a loop. And I think, um, I think as recruiters specifically, when, because we are so motivated to get the job done, to fill that role, because that's the way we are. If we get laid off and we lose our jobs, I think even more so than some other careers, we feel it a lot harder because that Mm. sense of like accomplishment where we might get that every day because we're filling a job, we're constantly talking to candidates, we're constantly doing things that kind of have those short-term goals when you lose all of that you're kind of like what (laughs) what am I doing and then you see all your friends getting laid off yeah and you see other people getting laid off and we know the recruiting market right you you connect with all sorts of recruiters on LinkedIn and so it's all over your feed it can be like really really hard to swallow that and then to say like what are my chances to even get a job when I'm competing against like half of the market that's out there, (laughs) like, you know? Um, And so I, I think, I think it can be like really difficult as recruiters um, specifically right now, because it is such a tough market. It's, it's just not an easy market right now. You know, I feel like I've seen more jobs in the last like month. So I'm hoping that we're turning a corner, but I still think it's really dicey as to which way 2024 is going to actually go. Um, I certainly hope 
that things go better. Um, but I almost feel like the first half of 2024 might be a bit like what it is right now. And I'm hoping that by the time we get to middle of 2024, things will kind of run back up and hopefully um, be in a, in a much better spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, and it's election year, so uh, yes. that's always yeah. always a fun yeah. time, right? Yeah. Well, nothing, yeah. nothing brings us together like an election year. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, but, uh, I, I think, I think what I, you know, what I've been hearing is kind of similar to what you're saying where, you know, it's kind of up in the air, but I have been hearing more positivity around like early part of next year that things will, so, you know, steadily start to move. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a post yesterday where it was like, you know, the recruiting circle of life. And, uh, I was a little bit probably too optimistic with saying like, you know, 2024 is going to be like the great rehiring. I think we're probably more looking at 2025, but also like there's some huge factors as well. Like AI is obviously impacting mm-hmm. things. I think more companies are looking at ways to work leaner. Right. Uh, yep. But at the same time, like I just read today, a lot of retiring is going on as well. There are a lot of people retiring mm-hmm. from the workforce. So that kind of c- can create some uh, positive uh, movement in the job market as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Talking about my old, my old friend AI, um, curious to, to know, like, you know, if that's something that your team's looking at, or if, if there's any ways that you, you know, personally have been looking at AI and how how you do think that is actually going to impact how you know your recruitment team or recruiting teams in the future are gonna gonna operate. No, I don't think we're there yet. To be honest, I think for um, for us in terms of like just our our company this year has been um, a bit of a transformation year for us. So like we've been busy kind of working on a lot of different projects that it hasn't really given the opportunity to kind of like focus on other tools. Um, We have a really, really solid um, recruiting team and they are just awesome at what they do. Honestly, Um, a lot of them are past agency recruiters who came in house. So a lot of us are like ex Robert Haffers and things like that. Um, um, so, you know, I think, I think we've just kind of been focusing on, um, the controllables for right now, because there's been Mm. a lot of uncontrollables this year. I think next year is more of like a okay. Let's kind of explore a little bit more what's out there. Let's see what tools you know potentially that we can kind of add in that might be able to help us. Um, at the end of the day, though, I really think that um, I think that AI kind of as we were saying before, right? There's a humanity aspect to being a good recruiter. You cannot be a good recruiter unless you have that that side of that you actually care about who you're talking to that ultimately at the end of the day you want what's best for them even if it may not be matching them up with a role at your company because like you know i've had tons of conversations with candidates where it's like they tell me something and then i'm like okay so let's just talk about that for a minute and let me like take off like the formal recruiting hat and let me just talk to you as like a buddy right now or like a human like and so i think you know, I can't say I'm like super into like AI and familiar with like all of that stuff and what they can do, but you know, maybe, maybe that'll be a next year goal type of thing to, to learn a little bit more and see, see how my team can utilize it. Yeah. And look, there's uh most, it's, it's funny because it's, there's like two mixed camps. Cause I get, I mean, I get a lot of 
you know, AI tools reaching out and like, oh, look what we could do. Look, what, look, you know, like our tools amazing. And there are some, you know, there are definitely some amazing tools. Um, but I, I think to your point, like, I don't know, you know, I think we are a little bit away from like every single company adopting things as well. And, you know, a lot of times when tools are early, you don't always know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't even know what like the impact is going to be on, on the recruiting team and things like that. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that makes sense. Uh, Dan asked a question here. So Mr. Dan Alexander, I don't know if you know Dan, but uh, he said, Megan, how do you decide what ages, agencies you engage with? What is your decision-making criteria uh, if you engage with agencies even? Yeah, so I would say we use, we use agencies. Um, I wouldn't say that like it's our primary you know, source. Cause again, I mentioned our recruiting team is really, yeah. Really you just, solid. you use Robert half and then you just, you just grab the good recruiters from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's a reason why sometimes people <laughs> want to leave there. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think, so I think it's, it's a few things, right. Once, especially with us being past agency recruiters, a lot of us have worked with really good agency recruiters, right? And so we want to maintain those relationships because we all know that's what recruiting is about. You never burn a bridge. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't really want to cut ties with people, right? You want to maintain those relationships. And so I think a lot of that stems from like, who have we worked with in the past? Like we know that they're good because we've worked with them in the past and we know what their work ethic is like, like, um, but I think we're also always open to like hearing new agencies out and like really learning. Oh, you, you just opened up like your DMs to get a million agencies reaching out. I feel like it happens all the time. So it's okay. <laughs> it is true. They, that's not going to. I'll just put a note out there that right now we are not actually using external <laughs> agencies. So put one know, of those notices. You want to save LinkedIn. some time? Maybe reach out to me next year, not this year. <laughs> so, I love that. Um, but I think hmm. I think the relationship aspect is really important when you're choosing an agency to work with. I feel like when people are so driven on, I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about our agency and why we're the best. And I'm going to tell you every single accolade. And they're not really focusing on the relationship part. That for me reflects the interactions that they have with their candidates, which to me is not authentic. Um, and so, I so, think so BD, so like almost B, the BD approach or the business development approach, the relationship approach mm-hmm. tells you or it gives you an idea of how they're going to represent your brand when yep. you're reaching out to candidates as well. Uh, what's this isn't a question anyone asked, but I'm curious, like what is what's like the most creative way or like one one of the most memorable ways that somebody's reached out to you? you know, in a cold, like cold email, cold DM. Um, does anything come to mind? Like, you know, like the most creative way or the most creative thing an agency's done to really get your, your guys' attention? Um, hmm. I think I've been more apt to respond to people who I think have done their research, right? So mm-hmm. I think those who haven't, well, number one, who you know aren't sending like just a whole bunch of emails at once and have written your name incorrectly as a result. Right. So it's not, it's not like they're just, and I get it. I get the expectation on the agency side. So like from, from one sense, I'm like very empathetic, but the other side is like, 
you got to put in the hard work ahead of time to make those relationships. So I think like there was somebody um, who had reached out about like, so at Vonage, um, there was a candidate that I placed there um, and um, her name was Farah. And so an article actually came out about her because um, she was contacted by like 300 companies and ended up going with Monage, which was really cool. And so oh, wow. she kind of, like told the story and I, I happened to be the recruiter on um, for her. And so like, I remember this person kind of like reaching out and like really, they went through the article, they read the article, they talked a little bit about like what they liked about what they saw in the interaction and how they felt like that um that really reflected how they are in their work as well and so again i think it's just that human aspect and the aspect of like i am really interested in building a relationship with you versus like i'm just trying to get your business which i get it at the end of the day it's business so that's what you need to do but i do feel like there's just like a more genuine way to go about it yeah look i i have been big on i think you know, kind of, t again, talking about AI, or maybe some more so automation, because I think, you know, I think it's not necessarily AI, a lot of it is just automation. But like, mm -hmm. I think of email sequences, for example, you can yeah. automate 100 email sequences to go out, and they're three stage sequences, everybody's doing it. And I think when that first started happening, you definitely had an advantage, because, you know, you could follow up without following yeah. up. That's huge. Yeah. But now I, I think we're actually getting to a point where being able to really show you put in the work, almost be, you know, be human, right, with your BD and look look for the relationship, look to meet people in real life, you know, meeting them at a trade show or meeting them um, at a networking event. I feel like there's a real kind of grassroots kind of business development strategy across the board. And it's not just in recruiting, it's in you know tech sales. It's in all kind of sales. I, I, I really feel like people, because everything has gone so digital so quickly with the yep. pandemic, it's like now there's, there's almost like a, a need or, or more of, a, of a, a longing for like actual like human connection in there. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when I, when I think about recruiting, it's the same thing. Like there's a lot of tools. I mean, LinkedIn introduced this, right? With LinkedIn recruiter, they've got AI that like will write the message and, personalize yeah. it for you but yeah. i get personalized i get personalized messages and sometimes i'm like i got one this morning and it was like the guy's like i love the recruiting is no joke podcast and he was selling me like an automation to help me do content or something for my podcast and i was just like but you, you don't love the recruiting is no joke <laughs> podcast because you're not a recruiter so why would you, you this would be boring for anyone who's not in recruiting and so yeah. I, I think there's like that sense of, like you said, like to be actually putting in the extra time. And I mm -hmm. think it's the same with recruiting. I think candidates are going to get really, really, you know, if they're not turned off right now because the market's yeah. bad, as soon as things get more competitive, you have this, you know, you have more noise in there uh, standing out and like really being able to say, hey, look, I've looked at your profile, looked at your project work. I've looked at the things you've done and We've, we've actually looked at what you've done and we think you'd be a good fit. I think those are the, the messages that are going to win out in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, I just, I think it'll be interesting to see how people balance that and pe different people's approaches. 
I, yeah. I recently saw a tool that will automatically comment for you on people's posts. Um, and I'm like, I was okay. getting pitched it and I'm like, yeah, but this is everything that like, I'm, I'm like the realist recruiter. I can't really like, pitch a, <laughs> like, a, like the, the inauthentic comment. Like this is, goes against my brand. Okay. Uh, awesome. But I was like, I see the value in it for somebody who like, is just wanting to make a lot of comments and maybe just kind of grow their awareness right. of who they are. Right. Um, but again, it's like, I, I see a lot of these and I think, okay, well, what is, what is modern day recruitment going to look like in three to five years? Um, like, are we even going to flip back to where, you know, we have to be more human. You have to be more intentional and like automation isn't as popular. So I, these are all things I think about. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious, uh, I know we're running out of time here. Um, I, I asked this in the last episode too, but I, I you know, be curious to kind of hear your advice for somebody who is starting in the recruitment world, which is a lot of people who have just started in the last couple of years, they're going through this tough time. What would be your advice to uh, people who are having a real struggle right now? Yeah, I think, so I think constantly willing to upskill yourself is really important, right? So I think really choosing, you know, um, whether it's, you know, a podcast or whether it's, you know, a specific website or something to really keep your skills sharp and like constantly be kind of reading and generating new ideas for yourself. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? There's so much out there. Utilize what's out there. Don't be scared to do that um, because you can always have your own spin to something, right? You take something, you make it your own. That's, that's what good recruiters do. So I think that would be one part. I think the other part is like just not being afraid to put yourself out there in terms of developing relationships with other people, with other recruiters, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I think a lot of benefit comes from that and there's a lot of camaraderie that comes from that too. Um, and really at the end of the day, they are the only ones who will understand what you do because we know that when we ask people, what does a recruiter do? <laughs> their answer can can vary because they really don't know everything that we do, right? They see this when we're doing so much more. Um, and so I think like those- No, all things, we do is just post on ZipRecruiter. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, that's, that's all like we do. Every and then we, day. We walk away <laughs> and then just go through and then these amazing people ju like just, just are like, yes, I want to work with you. And you're like, all right, cool. Oh. Sounds like a dream. Sounds like a dream. Um, so I think those two things are really, really important. Look, I love uh, Dan here too. So if I imagine if I imagine if I was on the TA side, I'd throw as many objections as I could at recruiters, and if they couldn't handle it, I would already know they're not strong enough to get talent. <laughs> Dan, this is if you were T, if you were internal TA, nobody would be reaching out to you. You'd be so good, you'd fill all the roles yourself. But no, look, that's that's great advice. What do you go like? Just talking about like upskilling yourself. And, yeah. Like, what What are some of your go to resources to like just learn more and 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 kind of upskill yourself? So I think joining like a lot of the recruiting groups that have been on LinkedIn, I've done that, and just cool. seeing. I think what's been really great about that is that you hear different scenarios that are going on at different companies and what they're running into and how different people are handling it. And so I think that that's always really helpful because it either A, is touching upon a topic that, yes, you're either going through or have gone through, or B, kind of touching upon something that might happen 
And then when it does happen, you already have ideas of how to handle it, right? Um, and so I think that's really important. I mean, as we know, um, you know, clients can be difficult, right? And that's internal or external, you know, internal or agency side, right? Um, because internal, you're dealing with your internal clients and, and the people that you need to fill jobs for. And so um, I just think, I think those groups have really been helpful. But I think like just choosing to follow people who are also posting really good content um, and engaging with that content. And again, that's also where I say like not being afraid to put yourself out there. Like I almost would have never done that. Like I, I've kind of grown my um, following more through like relationships and, and more through like, you know, not really commenting and putting myself out there. But I've realized like the more I do it, the more like excited I am, the more relationships come out of it. And so I think like, you know, being okay with like, maybe not being right or, you know, just. No, that's not true. Feeling. Recruiters are never wrong. <laughs> doesn't anybody, doesn't everybody know. <laughs> Recruiters on LinkedIn are never, ever wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That. So I think yeah. like just all of, I, I think those like two things I think are, are really useful. And I think if, uh, if you're like really like a beginner, beginner recruiter, I would say like, look at the trainings that are out there for recruiters, like, because you're either going to like watch a training and realize like, yeah, that was really helpful. Or you're going to say like, now yeah, that's probably not my like shtick or not my way of like that. I see myself, you know, being a recruiter. So I think either way, you kind of learn something one way or another, you either learn what you want to be or what you don't want to be. Yeah. I love that. And look, there's so, there's a lot of different ways to do things. And then there's obviously like just best practices and yes. best yeah. strategies. And uh, yeah, I really like that. And guys, uh, I think actually Dan, he's got some training as well. So oh, nice. you know, looking at people, people like that within yeah. the industry that provide training, he's more on the agency side, but uh, yeah, I love that. Well, look, I guys, I think there was a question in here as well. And we, we're not going to have time, but um, Allison, you had a question about like transitioning into a new industry. Why don't you send me a connection request and uh, we can DM about that because I talk a, a lot about that in my content and I, I don't think we have enough time to cover that, but I want to make sure that your question gets answered. But uh, Megan, where's the best people? Where's the best place? Not where's the best people? Where's the best place that people can reach out to you? Uh, LinkedIn. I'm on it all the time. So I've heard of, I've heard of that LinkedIn. platform. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I always say, if you're going to reach out to Megan, just let her know that you heard her on the show and then always be patient. Okay. Because guys, she's not hanging out on LinkedIn all day like me. So you got to be patient. And if you send her a question or you're inquiring about inquiring about a job, just always, you know, my motto is be persistent, patient, and polite. Uh, like shout it. out to Adam Posner for that one. He's a marketing recruiter on yeah. the agency side, but he's just like, Yes, be persistent, but just be polite. Um, and, the polite you know, piece is key for sure. <laughs> yeah, polite. Like, don't start getting mad at people on LinkedIn. No one wants that. But Megan, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Thank show. You. Really, really appreciate so your much. time. Yeah, and guys, I think next Monday. Let me let me check the calendar here. We have it's Monday the thirteenth. Right, I don't have a show then, so it'll be next Wednesday. We have. Uh, Amit, Amit Parma. So if you guys uh, know Amit at all, he uh, is the CEO of a company called Clickify. We're going to be talking about employer branding, uh, recruitment marketing, how important it is nowadays to know how to 
yep. create a digital brand so you can convert on uh, on candidates. So super excited for that episode. So tune in then. And if you guys have any other questions for me, remember you can reach out. And one last special shout out to MetaView. Again, if you're using your fingers to type notes, go to MetaView, try out their software, and then let me know what you think about their transcription software. So appreciate it, Megan. We'll talk. Yeah, later. thank you so much.